0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the SeaWord Podcast with Beck Hughes. Thank you for lending me your ears for, I don't know, maybe the next 20 minutes or so. I reckon this podcast will be today. I am coming to you today from the school holidays. So excuse any screams, bangs, bumps in the background. No children or animals were harmed during the making of this podcast. They might be after it, though. (laughs) Now, I'm super excited, not only because it's the school holidays, because I do love them, really, and I do love spending time with them. But I'm also excited because I'm in the process of finalising my creative value incubator, which is my programme that starts in a few weeks. So if you're listening to this podcast just after it's released, my programme starts in October and this program is specifically for other creatives, creatives like me. So creatives who are in the brand space. And it really is all about helping those creatives to see themselves as more valuable and to project that value to others. So to have complete conviction in who they are as a creative what they do that is valuable, and how to communicate that value well. So what does it mean, I guess, to be a valuable creative? Well, for me, it is about charging a premium, not compromising on your creative integrity, leading the client rather than them leading you. So having that absolute conviction in your work. Having clarity, like I said, on what makes you unique and what makes you, as I would say, binge-worthy, makes people want to be around you and to see what you're doing. Feeling total confidence in your creative work, knowing that it will nail the brief every time, that people will love it. And being calm and being in control, not overworked, not exhausted, just having a sense that what you're doing is in flow and you don't have to overinvest, and you don't have to overwork. And I believe all of that is 100% available for every creative, with the right support, the right tools, the right systems, processes, and mindset in their business. The Creative Value Incubator starts on the 17th of October 2022, in case you're listening to this way into the future. And I'm super excited about it. So The doors actually open on the 3rd of October, so you can subscribe, sign up from them, but we'll kick off, we start on Monday the 17th of October. It runs for eight weeks and it's a live coaching format, so we'll meet twice a week, once at the beginning of the week to set everyone up, to talk about the content for that week. There'll be videos and workbooks, prompts, tools available each week to work through all the key aspects of the program and at the end of every week we'll then do more of a live Q&A so we can bed down some of the learning, ask the questions, keep everyone on track and accountable really because I think that's a big part of being involved in a program is knowing that you're going to work through it, you're going to complete it and you're going to get the value from it. So I'm really really focused on that. If you're a creative in the brand space, a graphic designer, web designer, copywriter, a branding photographer or brand strategist, this is specifically for you. So go and check it out on my website. It's beckhughes.com forward slash creative hyphen business hyphen incubator. And if you're wondering, incubator is spelt I N C U B A T O R. It's a tricky one for some of us. So I'll also put the link in the show notes. But go and check it out. Have a look at the waitlist. If you jump on the wait list, there is a special bonus, which is a one-on-one coaching session with me live to really talk about every aspect of your business, audit your business and set you on the right track for the program and beyond. So you can use that as you want. You can use that at the start, in the middle, at the end of the program. So that's an additional bonus on top of jumping in and getting all the amazing value and spending eight weeks with me and that's worth 450 Australian dollars on its own so it's it's awesome value this program and i really believe in it i think it is all of my knowledge put into an eight-week program which you also then have 12 months access to as well so check it out jump on the wait list and then you'll be on the inside to get all of the information as I launch the program over the next couple of weeks. Today I am talking about a component of your creative value and that is essentially your belief in your creative work, having that strong conviction and self-belief in the value of your creative work and projecting that onto others. So I want to talk about that because I think this is an area that not all, but some creatives do struggle with because I think as creatives, so much of ourselves is in our work. Other service providers provide a service and they are involved in that process, but maybe they don't put as much of their own emotion themselves, a piece of themselves almost into their work in the way that maybe a creative does. And when you then put that work out into the world for validation, for judgment, it can feel very unnerving. You can feel very vulnerable by that. I think that some creatives do wrestle with having that total conviction in their work and not needing to look for that external validation necessarily. So today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how you can cultivate that strong conviction and belief in your work. So this is not about cultivating your creativity as a whole. I've talked about that before. That's something in itself. That's really about giving yourself permission to be creative and to play and explore outside of your work and putting practices in place in your business to embrace and nurture your creativity. Today's not about that. Today is specifically about cultivating and nurturing that confidence in the work that you create for your clients and for yourself, because sometimes we are doing work for ourselves in our own business. So let's jump into it and let's have a chat about maybe some of the reasons why it is important to cultivate this sense of self-belief and then some of the ways that you can go about doing that. So knowing that what you do is valuable has impact in so many ways in your creative business because having a strong belief in your creative work is one of the most important things when it comes to being perceived as a high value designer and getting high impact results for your client. So not just believing you can, not just having others believe that you can, but actually getting those results too. So when you believe in your work, that has a butterfly effect, essentially. That energy and that belief rubs off onto your client, which means they trust in it too. And of course, when a client trusts in your work and has that sense that you believe in it and then it's right and it's gonna do the job that they want it to do, it really does make that process more seamless. It makes the client more comfortable and confident in your work. And it allows them to be more decisive, make quick decisions and commit to your work as well. Stops them from getting that or post-purchase dissonance. I'm not sure. Is it right? Should I go with this? Maybe we should tweak. Maybe I should think about this for a bit longer. It cuts through some of that hesitation and it allows them to have confidence in the work too. Having that strong belief means that you trust your work. So you don't second-guess yourself. So you don't over-deliver, under-charge, keep tinkering, or I'll just do a few more options, or I'll just evolve that a bit more, or I'll just keep tweaking that particular concept more to get it to be 100% right. So when you stop yourself from doing that, when you believe in the work that you've produced, you become more efficient, and you actually get better outcomes for your client because you're decisive, and you cut out some of your... Thought clutter that stops you from being really clear and offering up concepts that are filtered and that are right, not just throwing lots and lots at your client and hoping they'll pick one, but actually really just adding to their confusion. So, having that self belief really does help you to narrow down your work and cut through what are sometimes just ideas that are evolving and what's right and what's going to do the job. Essentially, it helps you kill your babies. And I know that's a horrible term, but It was often a phrase that someone I work with in agency used, which was to say that as creatives, we often have a lot of ideas at the beginning of a project. When we go through that expansive phase, we might come up with lots of ideas for copy or for logos or for a format of a website, how we could solve the problem. There's often lots of ways of doing it, but we've got to be able to narrow that down for the client. We've got to be able to kill some of those concepts knock them off, and just really focus in on the ones that are right and are working. Because if we try and develop all the concepts, A, it's not efficient, but B, like I said, you can actually end up confusing the client more, throwing too much at them so they get stuck in indecision too. Having that self-belief also means you have the conviction to charge a premium price and not allow others to undervalue or negotiate and not being compelled to discount, not feeling like you need to make your work more affordable to others. If you believe in its value, you'll be able to stand behind what you want to charge for it. And finally, it's fulfilling. Knowing your work is on the money, so to speak, (laughs) pun intended, gives you a sense of pride and satisfaction in what you're doing. And that sense of fulfillment, that love for your work, creative integrity, if you like, is essential. It's essential to creating a sustainable business that you want to be in, and you want to continue offering up that work. Because if you don't love the work, if you feel like each time it's watered down, pulled apart, tweaked, turned into a bit of a camel, lots of bits stuck together to satisfy the client, then you won't feel good about that work. And I think it's important to feel good about your work. I think it's your right to feel good about your work. I'll say it. Now, and I'll say it a million times, and I've probably already said it a million times, that you're not in business to just do what the client wants, to produce what work they want, when it's not work you believe in. You have every right to produce work that you love, even if you're not paying for it. That's not the point. You know, I hear people say, well, the client's paying for it, they should get what they want. It's not true, in my opinion. You should be happy with the work too. So that's, I think, some of the main reasons why cultivating that sense of value in your work and that self-belief is so important that it does give you that sense of conviction it makes you more efficient it means you can charge a more premium price it means that the work that you put out will be work that you're happy with and probably of a better quality and it will create that energy and that perceived value in your client too so how do you go about cultivating that sense of confidence and self-belief well for me there are five guiding principles that I refer to in my work, that I know have helped me along the way to get a stronger sense of how valuable my work really is. And the first one is trusting in the process. So this might seem like a bit of a paradox, that being happy and trusting in your creative product is about process, but actually creativity and process are a match made in heaven. They go together like two peas in a pod. They are like salt and pepper. (laughs) Salt and pepper the food and salt and pepper the band. They are a perfect match. Because a strong process will guide you to amazing outcomes. And those outcomes almost become inevitable. So you know that feeling at the start of a project, maybe a client project, where you get the brief... You do know that it's going to go well. You know that you'll produce the work somehow. But also there's that niggle, oh, will I crack it this time? Will they love it? Will I get to the solution in the same way that I have in the past? Or is this going to be a dud? Am I going to miss the mark on this one? And there is that self-doubt. And I think some of that or a lot of that self-doubt can be prevented when you have a solid creative process. Because when you understand the steps that you need to go through creatively to get to that robust, strategic, on-brief creative outcome, you have more confidence in what you're doing every time. Because instead of staring down the barrel of, an unknown journey. Will I get to the end? Will I reach the light at the end of the tunnel? You have a clear roadmap of the steps that you need to go to. I think that brings not only confidence, but if the process is right, then it does almost make the outcome inevitable. Because if you stick to the process, then that will lead you to the creative work that you need to produce. It almost adds a bit of science to the process. And I think it can really help with your sense of belief that the outcome will be a strong one. So that's my first point is think about your creative process, break it down, almost document it, understand what it is you do step by step right from the very, very beginning of when you engage with a client and formalize that so that you can use it each and every time and it will give you more confidence and belief in the outcome the second guiding principle for me is, this is quite an important one. And this is knowing the difference between when you're seeking validation versus when you're looking for constructive feedback and mentoring for your work. Because I think as creatives, maybe we're compelled sometimes to look outside of ourselves for validation of our work, for people to say, oh my goodness, that's so amazing. I absolutely love that. You're so clever. You're so talented. And it's okay. I'm not criticizing that. Everybody loves to feel good about what they do, and it's so nice and it's positive to get that external feedback. And it's okay to look for that, but I think as well you've got to understand the difference between validation, which is coming from a well meaning but maybe not a well educated place, and mentoring that is coming from a place of experience and wanting to support you and wanting to help you get better essentially. So what I'm talking about here is for example those big huge Facebook groups with thousands and thousands of people all of whom are ready and waiting with their strong and well-meaning opinion. Most of whom probably aren't designers or are not your client or are not your client's target audience. So really, as much as their opinion is nice and appreciated, it may not be valid. So sometimes when you go out and you might share some work in those kinds of places, it's nice to get positive feedback, but sometimes you might not get positive feedback. You might get people trying to help you design it, trying to add their opinion to it. So instead of getting the validation that you were looking for, you get what is essentially a bit of a negative response. And that can knock your confidence. That can have you second guessing your work. But what you've got to remember is that feedback and that opinion is subjective. And it's not coming from a place of experience, knowledge or expertise. So my advice actually is don't look for that validation. Another thing might be that you're working on a project and then you decide to share it with a friend or share it with your partner. And again, you don't necessarily get the positive response or validation you were hoping for. But that shouldn't knock your self-confidence or your belief because their feedback isn't coming from a place of understanding. And this is the thing with feedback. When people are asked for it, they will really think about it, and they will feel a sense of responsibility to give it. So in some ways, they might overthink the response that they give you. It's not a intuitive, instinctive response that you might get from a client or particularly the end user or the end consumer of the work that you've done, the audience, the person it's intended for. When an audience is consuming a brand... They're not doing it in an intentional and considered way. They're doing it subconsciously. They're having a gut reaction to it. And that's a different kind of response to when you ask specifically for feedback because then someone will really think about it. They will feel compelled to help you, to give you constructive feedback, to tell you how you could improve, which is well-meaning but may also be misguided. So my point here is, understand when it is you're just looking for validation versus when you're looking for some constructive feedback that is coming from a place of mentorship that is meant to help you grow and ensure that you're ready for the response you might get in both of those situations and treat it as it should be treated which is particularly in the validation sense with a grain of salt because whatever response you get it's important to understand the context that it's coming to you in Watch out for the validation, looking for it, why you're doing it. My advice would be don't do it. Don't look for it. And instead, look for people you trust who have an informed opinion and understand what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to achieve with the work, but what you're trying to achieve with yourself in terms of growth so that those people are ready to support you and give you the kind of feedback that's going to be useful to you. The third guiding principle for me is about self-belief and positive self-talk and making that a practice. So how you talk to yourself and think about yourself and your work is so very important to your sense of conviction and confidence in that work. Like I said at the beginning, if you don't value your work, how can someone else value it? So if you go into a presentation with a client and you're hesitant and the self-talk has been, oh, I'm not sure that this is right. I don't know that the client's going to love this. I might have to do some more work. I might have to be ready for some negative feedback here. If you go into a presentation with that kind of self-talk, then you're probably going to find that the outcome reflects that. If you second guess yourself, if you question your abilities at any point in the process, that is going to rub off on how you go through the process. Do you over deliver, over invest, under charge? It will impact the outcomes that you have because you might over tinker or you might present too much or you might not be able to. Sort out the wheat from the chaff when it comes to your work and kill your babies, like I said. And it will also impact the tone and the mood of the presentation to the client. Are you strong? Do you have conviction? Or are you hesitant? Like I talked about in a previous podcast, bringing the energy to a creative presentation is essential to the outcome. If your energy is low, the mood of the presentation will be low and the outcome will probably be a bit hit and miss bit of an anti-climax. If you bring the energy, if you're confident, you're upbeat about your work, then the mood of the presentation will be that way, the mood of your client will be that way, and the acceptance and love and appreciation of the work is much more likely to go that way. So talking to yourself positively, being kind to yourself about your work is something that you should practice every day. When you hear those negative comments, that negative voice inside you, starting to be critical, starting to doubt the work, telling you, oh, is this right? Mm, Should you go and do a bit more research? Have you done the due diligence here? Sometimes you should listen to your intuition. But if it's just the negative voice trying to wrong foot you, unnerve you, keep you safe, stop you from presenting that work that maybe is a bit more high-risk, maybe is a bit more of a challenge, maybe is going to push the client harder, then recognize it and silence it. (laughs) Replace it with positive self-talk. Look at all the great reasons why this work is on the money. The fourth guiding principle for me is about knowing and celebrating your strengths. So part of this is about that horrible thing of comparisonitis. That thing we do where we go out and look at everybody else's work and we compare our own and feel inferior, feel like we're not as good, we're not being as unique or valuable or interesting as our creative peers and colleagues. But they have a different skill set to you. So for example, I'm not an illustrator and I'm okay with that because you can't be good at everything. I have creative skills and I have strategic skills that I'm really confident in. I have my process... I talk positively to myself about that work. I don't necessarily listen to the wrong kind of external feedback. So I'm really confident in my own strengths. But I don't produce beautiful illustration work. There are times when I work on a project where we need that. So I might go out and look for that and connect with others in my industry to produce that beautiful work. I don't feel inferior to them. I just know that we have different skill sets. And there are things that I can do in a strategic sense that probably aren't their strengths. That's the first thing here when it comes to celebrating your strengths is don't compare those strengths to other people's. Understand that you have your special source and others have theirs. And because you can't do what they do, it doesn't mean that you somehow are not as good as them. Knowing what you're good at who you work best with and essentially what floats your boat what you love doing because usually the two go hand in hand what you're really brilliant at is the thing that you feel most in flow when you're doing all of those things are essentially your niche and when you play to those strengths when you focus on your niche you will feel more confident in what you're doing because essentially you're in your zone of genius you're doing what you're great at So this is not to say that you can't go out and develop your skills. It just means that you should celebrate what you're really good at and focus on that and really bring that to the fore in your business rather than worrying about all the peripheral things that aren't your strength that you're trying to do that bring you down because you don't feel good when you're doing them because you're not in your zone of genius. You perhaps don't do them as well. Because it's not where you perform at your best. So find what you're good at. Find what you love. Identify your niche, essentially. And then celebrate and play to those strengths. And the final principle that I believe so strongly in is listen to your intuition. So I always talk to my clients about the combination of intuition and insight in a creative business. And the two are so important and having a good balance of the two is essential to producing great creative work and feeling at your best in your business. So one is not more important than the other. If you invest in insight, if you invest in the process, but you don't also listen to your intuition, which is your lived experience, your long-term knowledge, the abilities that you've garnered over time. If you don't listen to those two, then it can be very mechanical. It can just be about the process. It can just be about the insight. You're not uh, layering that with your intuition, which is also so important. And equally, if you just focus on your intuition and you don't apply the insight and the process to that, then things can perhaps get a bit woolly. They can become a little bit more meandering. You can find it harder to cut through. So bringing the two together in your business, your insight and your intuition is so, so powerful. But for many creatives, I think there is a practice that is needed to get in touch with that intuition, to listen to it, to open yourself up to the niggles, the feelings. So when you're doing work and you can't, oh, it just doesn't feel right. When you're having conversations with a potential client, it just doesn't feel right. I'm not sure if they're right for me. Listen to those niggles. Because the niggles are your intuition talking to you, letting you know that this is or isn't quite right. If you listen to your intuition, it will usher you, guide you, push you towards what is right for you. What is the right outcome? And the more you listen to your intuition, this is the interesting thing, because it almost becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more you listen to it, the more you will be proven right. And therefore, your confidence to trust yourself and trust your intuition will grow. So really, one leads to the other, doesn't it? If you listen to your intuition, your intuition will come good for you more often than not. And therefore, you will have more confidence to listen to that intuition. So it's a virtuous circle. So if your intuition, your inner voice is telling you, That a client's not right or to ditch a piece of work that you're doing or to make changes or to let go of it or to do something else, to add, to evolve. If it's telling you to have a particular conversation with a client, to ask a question, to go back and dig deeper before you do anything else. All of those things are your intuition and you should go with it. Listen to it. So that's my five principles. That's what I refer to when it comes to continuing to build, develop that self-belief in my own work. And it's an ongoing process, I think. We don't just wake up one morning and go, oh my God, now I am just supremely confident. (laughs) No one can touch me. Don't you dare criticize my work today, otherwise you're going to cop it. That's probably not how it works. But it is a process and it is something that builds over time. But like anything when it comes to learning a new skill, it is something you need to commit to. It's something that you need to recognize what you're not doing or where you could improve and commit to some of those practices. So just to go back, those five principles are trusting in the process, commit to, define and formalize your process and work through it every time. And that will start to become like a muscle that you can flex every time you do a new project. The second principle is the idea of validation and knowing the difference between that and genuine mentoring and understanding why you're looking for it and really separating the two. Thirdly, positive self-talk. Talking to yourself in a kind, uplifting, positive way about your work. Not second-guessing it, not doubting it. Number four is about celebrating your strengths and recognizing that you will have strengths and others will have different strengths and not comparing yourself and making a value judgment on yourself about the strengths that you have versus others. Recognizing that everybody has got a different gift, skill, positive contribution to make. And finally, listen to your intuition. Let that voice in your head that is pushing you towards the better work the better clients, the stronger outcomes, listen to it and go with it and get more used to trusting your gut. So thanks for listening in today. I really hope that you got some value out of that. It's a really big thing for me to see other creatives really stepping up, feeling confident and having conviction in their creative work it's something that I want to do more and more on. and I think it's so important. I think it adds so much to us as individuals in terms of our personal fulfillment, but also in terms of the growth and the success of our creative business. So let me know what you think. I'd love to know your perspective on this. If your self-belief in your work is something you wrestle with or if it's something that you're really confident about. And I'd love to know how you've cultivated that confidence. What principles do you use to guide you? And don't forget, check out my creative value incubator, which is starting in a few weeks. You can jump on the wait list to hear more about some of the bonuses and extras for anyone on the inside. And I'll put the link in the show notes and have an amazing day. I hope you've got some awesome things planned and the sun is shining on you. And if it's not, then you can go and dance in the rain instead. <laughs> and I'll chat to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.